It has been a huge week for Sri Lanka and our Sri Lankan community here in Australia because the country's crisis dramatically deepened with those extraordinary pictures of mob behaviour really offering a textbook example of national collapse. Um, What usually characterises the complete breakdown of an existing order. What might come next in in order to restore the country's cohesion? That's the question. Theoretically, the president is in place, Ranil Wickramasinghe, who was elevated on Wednesday after his boss, President uh, Rajapaksa, fled the country. And that seemed to somewhat ameliorate the hundreds of thousands of protesters who left the presidential palace peacefully. Mr Wickramasinghe late this week ordered the military to do, quotes, whatever is necessary to restore order. How can some sort of stability be reinstated so that long-term loans can be negotiated? I'm pleased to welcome back to the program Dr Pakiasoti Saravanamutu. He's Executive Director uh, at the Centre for Policy Alternatives in Sri Lanka and he's guided us through the drama in earlier programs. Hello there. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what has this week been like for you? A pretty basic question and the people of Sri Lanka with those ex- that extraordinary sense of uh, something major just collapsing. Yeah. Yeah. It has been both frustrating and exciting. Frustrating because the key thing, the pivotal thing was the letter of resignation from Gotabi Rajapaksa once he had fled the country. Now it has finally come and it has been announced. The Speaker has announced that President Gotabe Rajapaksa has resigned from office. So the constitutional processes can now be put into train. That is, that Parliament meets. It decides on the date on which the election of the new President will take place. Within 30 days, in the meantime, the Prime Minister will act as President. Within 30 days, Parliament will elect one of their own to be the new President. Now, hopefully, once that happens, there will be a degree of political stability restored. Right. So, um, now, I think this will be a surprise to listeners, to be candid. So, there is a process that is possible that could restore governance as we know it. Yes, of course. There is constitution, and the constitution, we waited upon the official resignation of the president. Once that happens, parliament takes over, and as I said... The Prime Minister becomes acting president. Within 30 days, Parliament elects one of its own to take over as interim president to complete the unexpired years of Gotabe Rajapaksa's term. And who might that be? Who are the front runners? Well, there is the leader of the opposition. However, the majority in Parliament is from the former president's party, the Sri Lanka Podjana Perumuna. Uh, there is a suggestion that they might support the existing Prime Minister. And then there is the possibility of the JVP uh, leader, Anurakumar Desanayaka, also throwing his hat into the ring. And there is the possibility that, yes, that the Podujana Peruman of the SLPP might put forward a candidate of their own as well. So if you could again help us um, with those acronyms are fairly forbidding. Uh, Are these totally different Belief systems at st- you know, are, are these parties well, that uh, have a very strong, credible sort of coherent sense of themselves? Well, the Sri Lanka Podujana Perumuna, the SLPP, is the party of President Rajapaksa, right. and it's very much a pro-Rajapaksa nationalist party. The United National Party, one which the Prime Minister comes from, is the good old-fashioned uh, centre-right party in Sri Lankan politics. The JVP is the centre-left party. Uh, 
that's the Janata Vimukti Perimura or People's uh, Party. Uh, so those are the three major parties. The candidates will, of course, try to um, demarcate themselves as being capable of strong and wise leadership. But let's see. Well, there will be an election. The, yeah. Well, you think there'll be an election, do you? Yeah, yeah. I think there will be an election rather than a unanimous decision with regard to one person. And you can't see a unity government being formed? No. So that person will then go on to form an all-party government. Oh, that person will go on to form an all... Okay. Now, how would the protesters respond, in your judgment, if the Parliament supported the sitting Prime Minister, or I suppose he's now President? Well, that might... Yeah, well, that might well be incendiary as far as they're concerned because they have asked for Gotabe to go as well as for Ranil Vikramasinghe to go on the grounds that he has been protecting the Rajapaksans. Um, so that might be problematic. So Parliament will have to take that into account. But I guess the members of Parliament are also taking into account their own personal security and they hope for a strong leader who will be able to maintain law and order. So... Rani Vikramasinghe being supported, and he'll have to be supported by the Sri Lanka Podhijana Peromana or the SLPP because he doesn't have any seats in parliament other than his own. Um, so that could be a question mark as to what could happen if Rani Vikramasinghe was made the president and the protests on the Aragalaya continue. Ordering the army in, which he's done, isn't that highly problematic, given the army's recent reputation with ending the civil war? I know it's a few years ago now, but, you know, it's, it, it, it wouldn't have seemed to me to be the type of institution you'd want to bring into this, but maybe you have to. Well, yeah, this is the point. I mean, he may have come to the conclusion that the police was inadequate to uh, deal with the law and order a situation, but giving the army the powers that have carte blanche to do whatever is necessary, that is problematic because the army can shoot and they could kill someone and there could be bloodshed as a consequence. So the army needs to act with a lot of self-restraint. Is that likely? Are they well, well led? So, so far, so good. So far, so good. But it could get worse. Look, Reuters, Reuters had a significant story yesterday outlining this Aragalia movement, this multi-pronged yeah. protest campaign to which you've just referred, which began in March and has sort of been spectacularly successful, almost surprised itself with this huge march on the capital. Now, I mean, what do you know about them? Are there leaders there who can be drawn into this challenge to get the place back on deck? Well, the Argalea is not a homogenous whole. There are different factions. There are people who have uh, allegiance to political parties. There are citizens' movements, community groups, etc. But in the last couple of days, the Inter-University Students' Federation and the Frontline Socialist Party seem to have taken the lead in terms of the political demands. And uh, they are the ones who, I think, the Prime Minister referred to fascist groups infiltrating the Argalea. They are the ones... I think he was referring to. But there is no evidence that they are violent or that they want to sort of capture power by using the force of numbers or anything like that. So they, the Argalair as this broad movement needs to decide as to who their spokesperson is going to be and uh, whether they are going to engage in electoral policies. Because once a new president is elected, 
the next step, I would imagine, is going to have to be the dissolution of parliament and a general election. So the Argale has to decide whether they're going to get involved in the active electoral politics or not. And, um, you know, I wonder about what it feels like on the streets at the moment, uh, how you pull back from the sights we've seen of of a complete uh, breach of, of normal authority um, and I think a lot of listeners in Australia will be saying, well, how is it still operating in a country, as a country, given we're constantly told there's no money for gasoline, uh, long, long lines for food, even middle-class families are going without meals. I mean, there must still be money and food circulating. It just doesn't really quite... Yes, it's not is, easy to there understand. Is, <laughs> there is money uh, and food circulating. That's absolutely correct. There are still very long queues for the petrol stations that still provide petrol, and it's largely the Indian Oil Corporation, the IOC petrol stations that do provide petrol. So, you know, the people are caught up between the tension and excitement and frustration of what might happen politically, but their immediate focus, of course, is in terms of getting their basic essentials, getting their fuel, getting their food and all of that, yeah. I mean, dare I ask you personally, um, your household is managed and your family's household, you know where to go to, to make sure that you do have enough food and fuel? Yes, we go to the usual supermarkets and uh, stations. At the present moment, for example, my vehicle has been in a queue to get fuel now for the last one and a half days. <laughs> what, someone sitting in the car waiting? Yeah. <sighs> and when do you imagine you will get fuel? Well, hopefully in the course of today. And so are the people, are the merchants operating these outlets, are they, do they have their own links with um, suppliers, do they? Yes. So they have their links, their normal links with suppliers who send them the petrol and diesel and whatever in bowsers. So when those bowsers come, they are put into the pumps and then the queue starts moving. Now, the central bank governor uh, has said that he's desperate, virtually he said this, he's desperate for stability and perceived stability so that he can start to negotiate loans with people like the IMF and, you know, probably, you told us before, probably the Indians and the Chinese. Now, is, is that underway or is that just stalled completely with these quite extraordinary pictures we've seen coming out of your country? Well, at the moment it has stalled. The Prime Minister is the Finance Minister, or the Acting President at the moment is the Finance Minister, but the talks have stalled because we need political stability. So hopefully, within a week, we will have a new President and a new government, and then the talks can proceed, because when that happens, there will be a restoration of political stability. I think the people in the Aragalea too uh, will sort of accept that, look, you know, once there is a new government, that new government has a particular task to engage in, and they may well give that new government a period of six months or whatever it is to uh, get its act together and uh, put us back on the road to political stability. Uh, final question. Do you honestly imagine things will get worse before they get better? Well, the economic conditions with regard to the IMF agreement, we don't know exactly what they are, but we could imagine that they would be fairly tough. In addition, we need the bridging finance before that IMF money can come in, which might take another nine months or so. So we need that bridging finance to continue to get fuel. And without fuel and gas, of course, the hardships on the people mount. 
considerably. You do show an amazing song fra, Dr. Saravana Mutu. I cannot imagine Australians behaving or fi- responding just quite as you have. Well, we have to make do with the situation that we have and try to get out of it. But no, it is pretty desperate for the vast majority of people who are skipping meals, who've had problems with the hospitals in terms of drugs, who cannot move because they don't have fuel. So, I mean, it is pretty desperate, but we have to grit our teeth and get through this. Well, thank you for uh, outlining all that. I'm sure we'll talk again. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Saravana Mutu uh, from the Centre for Policy Alternatives in Sri Lanka. And next week, we hope to convene a panel of Sri Lankan Australians, very important diaspora here, about the crisis. So um, if you happen to be organising for the community, look, I do invite you to get in touch. You can text us on 0418 226576. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.